Okay, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. That's obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. To reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. Here's the thing. Information is power. Information is money. Literally, the currency of today's world of of entrepreneurship is information. And if you could bring all of the, the information about your business into one dashboard, this is incredibly valuable. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of the truth about your business. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. This is so valuable. You just hit a button and you can see all the information about your business instead of having to like call five different departments and get all these emails and put it all together and make sense of it. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash james. netsuite.com slash james netsuite.com slash james walmart plus members save on meeting up with friends save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups that's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier plus members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show on the Choose Yourself Network. Today on the James Altucher Show. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they, they suffer from, you know, it's good to um, not be delusional when you have an idea. Like you can't think to yourself, oh, um, my business is the best business or I'm the, the best comedian or I'm the best yeah. athlete. You have to self-correct when you're delusional, but you also can't have too many doubts either or else you'll be too pessimistic about your ability to succeed. Sure. No, I said this to you before and I think like we all know that there are different environments that we can be in that are better for us than others. I think you should be honest with yourself. You cannot be really successful unless you look in the mirror and you're honest with yourself saying am I doing everything I possibly can and and we all could be better. What's the biggest room in the world? The room for improvement. Like we can get better and we should strive to be a better version of what we were yesterday than the day before. And so the more you care, the more you're willing to do. So I think like the but same I, way. I think, I think though that it's related to, and sorry yeah. to interrupt. No, right? no. You're, no. you're a quarter and <laughs> I'm an interrupter. <laughs> 
So, another special episode of the James Aldercher. Once again, I've got all-time favorite Steve Cohen. Thank you very in much, the house. Steve. Oh. Podcast producer extraordinaire and also backed by popular demand since your last. I Someone counted. We did a 60-minute podcast and you had 48 quotable quotes uh, that you said on that podcast. Like an example quote might be, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Yeah. Um, oh wait, what's the, there's one that's like a tongue twister that you always say that I just heard you say it's um, if you don't do the best with what you got, you got to oh. do <laughs> you got to get what you could do best. I don't even know how, what it is. What's the um, if you don't have time to do it right the first time? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, that the, one. Oh, the best. Uh, things work out best for those who make the best of the way things work out. That <laughs> wait, one? wait. Things work out best for those who make, who make the, the best how things work out. No. <laughs> things work out best for those who make the best of the way things work out. Yeah, that's roughly what I said. Is that? <laughs> no, you, he man, you mangled it. I was right, you're wrong. All right, all right. Steve one, chess good. master zero. Thank you. <laughs> good enough, good enough. So we're gonna do a podcast. We've, we've done 500 or so interviews on this podcast and we've seen every, we've interviewed so many successful peak performers. We thought it would be good to see why sometimes people don't achieve the success they would like. I mean, not everybody... Yep. Wants to be successful. There's lots of goals in life. You know, success in one area is not necessarily the be all and the end all. Being a peak performer in, in whatever every whatever area you love is not necessarily the, the best way for for happiness or life satisfaction. But we've seen a lot of people who do want to yeah. achieve amazing goals and they fail at it. They don't succeed at it. And I think. And we we see it not just on this podcast, but in all aspects. And I think and I think that was the derivation of this idea to do this podcast because you and I talk all the time, and me sometimes more than you. But like, um, and we see a lot of people in our orbit, and we'll be frustrated with them, or we'll see guests. Yeah, and we come and on. we could see obvious like the obvious yeah. things. Like we ask ourselves, why isn't this person like number one yeah. in the world or number one yeah. in the city or whatever? Yeah. And we can see little personality yeah. things. Sometimes it's internal. It's how they treat themselves. And sometimes it's external. How do they treat uh, other people or their activity or whatever? So Absolutely. And I think, you know, and I, yeah, absolutely. And I think like it's instructive for us and we thought it would help other people. I mean, that's why we do this. You know, we want people to listen and get value. It's not vanity project we want people to listen and say okay you know what i can learn from that and i learned from that too like uh, you know we we might as well just dive right in and then get to other people yeah. but i think there have been a lot of situations where we deal with people and they and you know you are a comedian and and you've been doing it for four years and you know super super funny at it and you're getting great at it and but like when i watched you start i've watched you in the two years i've worked with you interact with these comedians and try and become a part of their tribe and try and excel at it and try and earn both status and affiliation with them. And, and there are times where I'll look at it from an external view and I'll be like, Hey, you know what? They're okay, but there's a reason they're not more successful, even though well, they won't see that way. And, and it's not just with comedians, it's with entrepreneurs, it's with Everything. sports, it's with, it's with writers, it's with producers. Like, 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 you know, obviously you know, we've had a lot of athletes. We had yeah. on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the best basketball player yeah. in history. We've had on Tony Hawk, the best skateboarder in history. We've had on uh, Sasha Cohen, yeah. skating. Um, you, Keith Hernandez from the Mets. Yeah. 
what separates like like if someone's on a basketball yeah. team, they've already gone through so many right. um, hurdles to get on a professional basketball team. There's a, a million people who would love to play on a professional basketball team, and a couple hundred make it. And then maybe five are considered yeah. like legends who let's say at any yeah. given moment in, in in the NBA. What separates like someone like a Kobe Bryant from someone who's probably sure. just as good, but they could probably get there, but they don't. Like 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 who could have gotten to where Kobe Bryant was, but and yeah. he he was like, I don't even know if he's retired or not. That's how Yeah, he's retired and he does an awful lot about in that particular case about having the Mamba mentality. What's that? The Mamba mentality, I think, is just kind of. I mean, that's a word I think. You, I think it's kind of a like a snake, like a rattlesnake or something like that. But he had a killer mentality. Like he had a way of looking at things where he was very, you know, killer at it. And but I think, what does that mean, like in practice? Like were other basketball players who probably had just as much skill or physical talent? Yeah, were they not? Was it a psychological thing? Was it they weren't practicing as much? Like, what yeah, was I think it? they probably weren't. And I think like we could see it. Like, I think it's kind of you've talked a lot about this, about in the way uh, like you talk about micro skills an awful lot. Like, okay, comedy is, you know, likability or interacting with a crowd or crowd work or you know just punchlines or writing or timing, you know. And I think with that. Yes, you're at a certain level, and the details separate the good from the great. It's not what you do; it's what you don't do. You oh know? Are, you giving, and, are you are you dropping <laughs> quotes on us? Do I have to write this down? What was that first one? I just want the to details down. separate the good from the great, and I think if you look at it, I I wouldn't, you know. Okay, I'll, you know. So we've we've had Bill Cartwright on the podcast. And so he was, he just to mention, he was the, the center of the Chicago Bulls when Michael Jordan played with them. He won a yeah. bunch of championship rings or whatever they are. Yeah, he won five, he won three as a player and two as a coach. And he's been around a lot of great players. And having been around him, I watch him evaluate different people. And I remember when we started, and then, I'll, and then we'll get to like sports or different people, but like I think that. I remember you were seeking approval because you wanted to join the fraternity of comedians. And I think that you were speaking to a bunch of comedians who had, you know, a degree of success. They were talented and, you know, and they were all talking, in my opinion, about their success. And they were kind of satisfied with it. And they said that they, um, we, you asked them about like, what's the difference between you and Amy Schumer and Chris Rock and, and they were like, just money, you know, we're just as good. And I felt like if I were around people who were of a comparable amount of success professionally, you know, they, in music, they wouldn't be saying they're better than Adele. They wouldn't be saying they're better than Taylor Swift or Beyonce. They would say they love music and they love to do it. And I felt like that in their opinion, they were, they were complacent and they were happy where they were. And Or, or do you think... And so, do, do you think they're yeah. complacent for artificial reasons? And and again, yeah. I don't want uh, yeah. to keep it to just comedy because I find this in every no, area. No, no, for sure. But but are they complacent because they're like, there's two ways to be complacent. Let's call positive and negative. Are they complacent because oh, I'm happy with where I'm at. I've got other things to do going on in my life because I know some yeah. people like that, and that's fine. Sure. But then there's kind of this negative complacency, which is they think there's a delusional complacency, which is they think. They're already should be sure. good. It's just that their amazing skills and talent haven't been properly recognized. They they've been shafted by the system. Okay, 
And now I would say the ba- the football coach Bill Parcells, a name that's most likely not going to ring any bells with you, but he won all these championships, and he would constantly reinforce to his team that you are what your record is. You know, if your record is two and five, that's what you are. So if you're not doing something, that's who you are. And but I would say we all know people in our industry. You know, my dad was a physician. You were in computer programming. You know, in any position, we see, again, the details separate the good from the great. Now, when I was in TV, I remember seeing, uh, you know, I can watch TV and I can look at people on TV. And I guess only if you really know, you can see their habits and see the distinction. And, you know, obviously Malcolm Gladwell's talked about it, but I was talking about it with a former colleague about a, a reporter. And I felt like, wow, she's, you know, very physically appealing and she's, you know, good, but I don't know why she's not further along. And sometimes it takes like a desire, like like a real burning desire to get there that successful people do stuff unsuccessful people don't do. And this producer said, well, Steve, like, you know, when she does a piece, you know, she just does the same rap and intro every single time. She doesn't vary it. She's not enterprising stories. She's repeating, not reporting. And we see that in every single industry. And it's, it's so that so, extra so in that ca- in that case, she's not maybe reviewing the video that she was just in yeah. and, and analyzing it or analyzing it with a coach um, yeah. to kind of say, hey, you you did this the same thing, you know, two times in a row, three times in a row, maybe vary it up a little bit, maybe move around a little more, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else. There's but- a lot she could have done um, in that particular case, you know, and I, I have a friend who's in that industry and he said, I know it sounds sexist, but it's a, or, you know, wrong. But like it's a cosmetic industry. I mean, in any industry, I know men who are anchors and they're incredibly fit. And you know, people used to say that about the golfer Phil Mickelson with Tiger Woods. They said if he really wanted to be, you know, the best in the world, or he's missing that one thing, like maybe he would have lost ten or twenty pounds and been a little bit more fit. You know, and so yes, and, and I think it's not okay. Part of it, you know, in that particular case, yeah, it's not fitness. So one could look better on. Yeah. camera but you know playing yeah. 18 or some yeah. of these tournaments are 64 holes of golf or whatever yeah. it's, it takes a lot of energy so if you're uh gonna get tired faster and you're playing an, an athletic sport right. at the highest possible level against tiger woods who's amazingly right. fit he's gonna have he's gonna have much more energy to finish strong yeah i would say a few things like one um it's it's kind of like Stephen Covey says, if you have a burning desire for something, like to do something, it's going to be easy for you to say no, right? Like a lot of six, and so, but getting back to that situation, if you really want it bad enough, you'll figure out a way to do it, you know? And and if you love something and you have passion for it and you have a modicum of skill, I think about in what we do, like we've had some success here, but what we always try and tell ourselves, not how good you are, it's how good you want to be. Like you're in love or if I'm in love, you know, it's something you, you don't just, you put your heart into it and you really think, wow, how could I have done better? Like if well, you buy somebody, you love a gift, you're not like, well, I just got them that. I hope they love it. I hope they really do it. So when we do something, it's again, like I'll sit back and say, you know what? I could have done this differently, even though nobody else would notice. You know, I remember when I was at the early show, Beyonce, like she was taping something and it was, she had the flu and she just kept working at it. And I remember like there was a perfectly good version of one of the songs and she was like, no, I'm doing it again. And it's that drive, and um, Kobe Bryant has that drive. He wants to win more than other people. And you judge somebody, 
you judge their priorities by somebody's actions. Like, do they go on a team where they can win or do they just want to make money? You know, and so that's with any situation. And so do you think that like, there's basketball players out there that uh, they they look at Kobe Bryant and they're like, oh, I I could be as good as him. He yes, just got 100%. He just got lucky with the PR machine. 100%. Um, 100%. But, but don't they think to themselves, oh, if I just wake up at 5 yeah. in the morning every day and do practice an extra hour... I could, I could do it. And we've talked about that a lot. I'm sure some people think like that, and but you either, ha I think you, you know, you have to have that fire in you and drive. And I, and I remember there was like in the Olympics one year there was something with Michael Phelps and Ryan Lochte, and you know, and Ryan Lochte was like eating poorly, and he kind of reformed his situation. And Michael Phelps had just come back, and and you know maybe Michael Phelps is more talented. You know, like like you know like in certain situations again it, maybe in this but i guess ryan lochte can be a better version of himself and still never be as effective as michael phelps but he could certainly be better than you were so i think that's the situation so like these comedians they could be better we all could be better what's the biggest room in the world the room for improvement like we can get better and we should strive to be a better version of what we were yesterday than the day before. So somebody like Kobe Bryant is it, or Michael Jordan or Larry Bird or Magic Johnson, they're perfectionists and they they really, you know, desire to be the best and have that desire, that burning desire. And there's a difference between certain people. We You see that in business. And that's what I, I'm so intrigued by your book, Think Like a Billionaire. A lot of people would be happy just having 10 million or 100 million. And what is it about these people, whether it's avarice, desire, you know, competitiveness or, you know. Right, so there's that ambition, but you take a look at a lot of these guys. Yeah. Like, Ken Langone, you know, who started yeah. Home Depot, he's he's contributed so right. much to New York City hospitals, is a big philanthropist, yeah. but probably worth 10, 15 billion, whatever sure. it is. He he described one story, whereas I think it was 1969, he uh, was losing a deal to Ross Perot yeah. in the morning, Ross Perot calls him and says, ah, we're not gonna, we're gonna do the deal with yeah. Goldman Sachs instead of you. And Ken Langone said, what are you doing for lunch? And Ross was like, Ken, you're in New York yeah. City. And Ken's like, I don't care, book a place, I'll see you at one. And he jumped right on a plane and flew to Dallas. So it means, it means to me, there's lots of things happening. Yeah. It's not just a desire for money. It means Ken Langone has to be physically healthy. I'm not saying he has to yeah. be in sure. athletic shape, or he has to be good looking. He just has to be healthy enough that he's gonna have the energy to to sure. think on his feet really fast. And like if you're if you're tired and 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 sick, you can't think, oh, I'm gonna meet him for yeah. lunch and, and get there. Then he's gotta get to the airport, he's gotta handle the plane ride, drive there. He's gotta have the kind of emotional backing around him. Like right. his, his wife and family have to be fine with it. He's gotta bring whatever employee, he's got to have the right employees. He's got to have the right people around yeah. him. Uh, he has to have, he has to have faith in his ability to convince Ross Perot. So I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they, they suffer from, you know, it's good to um, not be delusional when you have an idea. Like you can't think to yourself, oh, um, my business is the best business or I'm the, the best comedian or I'm the best yeah. athlete. You have to have, you have to self correct when you're delusional but you also can't have too many doubts either or else you'll be too pessimistic about your ability to succeed sure no i said it to you before and i think like we all know that there are different environments that we can be in that are better for us than others now i happen to be a sports fan and kobe bryant his dad was a professional player in italy you know 
maybe it helped him to be in Italy and he didn't have, you know, he was in a, an international country, a foreign country, and he came over here, but he came to the NBA as a young person, but he was groomed for it. And so, so he probably didn't have as many doubts as someone who yeah. rose up, got on a team, and is just, you know, sure. grateful to be on that team and doesn't doesn't work harder somehow because they think maybe they can't get better or yeah, I don't know. I know, like he studied Michael Jordan. He was very driven, and he came from an area where he felt a certain degree of like, sure, I'm entitled and I deserve this. But then he had that extra competitiveness, and. I don't know. Like, I don't know how much nature it is and nurture. You you probably see it in six or seven year old kids where they're competitive. They need to win. Like, they throw a fit if they lose. And I, sometimes it's it's it's. But then you're gonna say, okay, once you get to the NBA, everybody is like that, and they're not all like that. You know, there are guys who, you know, will go out and go out to clubs at three or four in the morning, figuring like I have a hundred million dollars in the bank. I can't control it, and it's in every profession. Like, well, I'm not in a good team, and they make excuses. Well, or, or yeah. here's another thing I've seen. So I'll go out to dinner with people who are quote unquote entrepreneurs or writers or whatever, sure. and they always tell me, "Well, here's my idea for a business. Here's my idea for a book," yeah. and then they'll keep talking and drinking and talking and drinking. Yeah. Next thing I know, it's like 11 p.m. and for me, I like to get up early so I can sure. start writing or whatever. What I wonder to myself, where if the if these people are doing it every single, there's sort of this yeah. inertia where you have all these ideas but you never execute on them. Like inertia just keeps driving yeah. you forward, but you can't succeed if you're not actually doing things. Well, yesterday I was or talking, carving out the time. Yesterday to do I things. had dinner with someone. And she's a she's a track and field champion, and she got a she was like an Olympic caliber athlete, and. She was like, I stopped eating at six or seven in the morning, and it was hard for me. My dad was a, a champion, you know, track and field person himself. And he, when I was 13, I was the best in my country. But then he told me, listen, you're good for this level, but if you really want to be good, you're going to have to deny yourself certain things. And it's the old line, like, you know, it's not what you do. It's what you don't do. It's not the athlete who, like, works out three or four hours a day. It's a guy who's not eating McDonald's. It's a guy who's not going out drinking with everybody. It's the guy who's getting enough rest. And... And a lot of those people, yeah, they think that they could talk it into existence. And we've talked a lot about how um, you could act something into existence, you know. And um, so, yeah, like to to, to write, you yeah. could have the best ideas for a thriller in the world. But we know, like we just yeah. had Brad Thor on the podcast. Yeah. We know that that guy writes. What did he say? Like three thousand words a day, basically. And, and I'll say this for people, because even though. Like there's that aphorism, like no man's a hero to his valet or familiarity brings contempt. I've been with you for two years and you work harder, harder than anybody I've ever seen. And so it's not an accident. So I think people look at people's results and they say they have jealousy or they have envy, but you should stop and think. And like, well, that athlete spent a lot of time in the gym or he spent a lot of time training or he spent a lot of time reading every book about it. And so I think you should be honest with yourself. You cannot be really successful unless you look in the mirror and you're honest with yourself saying am i doing everything i possibly can and and i i feel like a little humbled and presumptuous to talk about other people's stuff because i know as we've said like don't point the finger point the thumb we can look at ourselves and there are reasons when i'm not more successful i could be doing things that i'm not doing or doing stuff you're more uncomfortable with or doing what's most important first well and, and, and you know that's a good point because i sometimes let's let's say among my books that I've written, yeah. I think sometimes towards the end, like I get very excited to start and then I yeah. write and I write the book, 
But, you know, we've talked about this also, that the details at the end are very are just as important as yeah. how you start. Like, it's a different skill set to kind of finish something. But I think a lot of, I think me, I think I get careless yeah. sometimes. I don't do that extra final step often that it takes to be great. Well, it's like, really hard to, to do the details yeah. at the end. Well, Jay-Z said, treat your first like your last and your last like your first. I mean, you have to treat it a certain way. In relationships, you should treat people with the same deference you do in the middle of the relationship than you do in the beginning. When the beginning, you're so deferent to them and you're so concerned about them. And I try and do that. I try and appreciate people and respect it. We're all, we all lose sight, though, of different things in our lives. And so I've talked about this to people. I've looked at their podcast or something, and I'm like, hey, they don't have that many downloads. And they'll tell me, well, you know, they'll say, well, they're just doing it for fun, you know? And okay, right, you so know, which is excuse, fine. That becomes an excuse then for not paying attention to the details, for yeah. having a certain kind of laziness, for, uh, you yeah. know, I, I think, I think again, being careless with your approach is yeah. is, is important at, at at every level. Like, if we're doing a podcast and I didn't read the book yeah. of the person on the podcast, that's careless. The podcast won't be as good. We'll get less right. subscribers. You know, then you make less money yeah. from it. Uh, or, or, uh, but it, it becomes a slippery slope. Like you don't do it one time. Then, and I think you're afraid of that. Like when we have people on there, once you start slipping and you let, you know, it's like a restaurant that okay, we're not doing this, and you start cutting corners. Then okay, it's easier the next time. Then it becomes easier the well, next time. It's like it's like the uh, broken the broken windows. window theory. Yeah. So it's that. Well, I don't know if the theory is accurate or not, but I guess so. Giuliani became uh, mayor of New York, and his theory of of policing was that uh, if there's one broken window on a street uh, within a half hour, there's going to be another broken window on the street. Like people will people will sort of recognize this is a street you could burglarize, but then it starts to spread more and more. Yeah. And so his whole thing was no broken. Windows. Well, that's an analog of like the detail separate the good good from the great. I mean, right? So that's a detail. Uh, yeah. Like it almost seems like a tiny detail, but he arguably says uh, that he you know yeah. changed crime in New York City. Well, well didn't Rockefeller like so, like again? The more you care about it, the more you're concerned about the details, right? Like I just you know I care about certain people, and I remember I gave him a James Altucher show T shirt, and I was like, oh shoot, I should have got one for your daughter because I care about them. I wasn't like, well. Hey, at least I did this much. And so the more you care, the more you're willing to do. So if you really care about it, then you're going to want to be the best ever. Like you, you care about comedy. You care about chess. You cared about finance. You care about writing. So you make it a priority. And so your action, your actions, you know, are consistent with your priorities. And I think that if you're not, then I think it reflects in what you do. So I think like the but same I, way. I think, I think though that this related to, and sorry yeah. to interrupt. No, I, no. You're, no. you're a quarter and I'm an interrupter. <laughs> uh, I, I think like you just listed five things for me. Yeah. And I don't even know if you included like, you know, entrepreneurship. Yeah, But yeah. so I have almost too many things and that's a problem too because uh, then I wonder, well, should I focus on this? Should I focus on this? I think, I think vacillating between many things is another uh, uh, way that people prevent themselves from sure, success in sure. any one thing. Because if you do too many things, you can't be the best at, you know, there must be a quote here. I'm going to interrupt you and I'm going to quote, uh, <laughs> well, no, if you if you chase two rabbits, you wind up catching none. Right. You know? There you and, go. That's a great yeah, quote. Thank you. I try. I try. <laughs> I'm going to tweet that right now. <laughs> and before the end of this podcast, I'm going to see how many people have retweeted it. If you... <laughs> 
If yeah. you chase two rabbits, you end up catching none. I'm going to see what people... Signing podcasting, live <laughs> tweeting while we're podcasting. And uh, so, um, but yeah. I think that's true. So I think I think vacillating between different... I remember my very first business, we were making websites for entertainment companies. But at different points, we thought, oh, maybe we can make more money uh, as a record label. Or maybe we can make more money making... Literally, right. we thought we could be a tea company. And wow. so yeah. we were, you know, until we really started to focus on, okay, we're going to build great big websites and charge a lot sure. for it. We we weren't able to grow as a business. We were still trying to find. And I think you see that, uh, you know, even like for sports, you can't be great at everything. You have to say, what am I going to be? Am I going to be the yeah. best pitcher? Or am I going to be the best hitter? Am I going to be the best catcher? Well, that's, that's and again, I'll, I remember one time I happened to watch uh, Bill Cartwright like trained some kid and he was this really good young player and he was looking at him and he said well what could he do that nobody else can do is he a better shooter than any of us a better rebounder and and so I think and you know Ben Horowitz who you know I always respect his stuff wrote a book the hard thing about hard things and he talks about hiring people and he talked about we hire sometimes people who don't have weaknesses but we don't hire them for like being incredibly strong in a particular area so we had this you had this conversation with David Epstein about like in the book range, which I thought was a great book about generalization versus specialization. But again, what is success? I think that comes down to it. And again, some people are happy being a co comedian and having, you know, getting a hundred, $200 or touring. And it's, it's all I, and I think for me, I have to define success a certain way. And I've said this to you. And again, comparison is the thief of joy. I, you know, don't compare. It makes you bitter or vain. Like, form your own sense of, like, what is success. And success to me, like John Wooden would say, is, like, knowing that you did the best you possibly could to be the best version of yourself. But, like, you've talked about what you, uh, you know, what you really want to do. And you want to be a good dad. You want to be a good husband. You want to be good to those people around you. You want to have good people around you. I try and avoid people who are, make me fearful or sad. But I think, like, so I so some people are happy like and I remember I remember reading a very good article in Sports Illustrated and it was about the basketball player Daryl Dawkins who faced so many expectations his whole life you know and he passed recently but he was a very fun loving guy like he you know had all these nicknames and he claimed he went to, from Lovetron and they thought he was going to be like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Moses Malone or this great player and he was like such a prodigious physical talent and he never really reached it and, you know, I remember there was this writer, Dave Wall, wrote this great piece. And he said, you know what? The guy played 13 years. He scored, you know, thousands of points. Maybe he wasn't the best ever, but he made a lot of people laugh. He had so much fun. You know, he, you know, was just a fun guy and to be around. And he had a lot of people who loved him. And we should all be so lucky. You know, so we should all be so lucky to have that kind of situation. So I think for us, and we've talked about it, like higher, different hierarchies are comparing. And so... But I do think, I remember also, again, a place you weren't likely to be at. I remember one time I, I was watching a basketball game and the Knicks, you know, earlier in my career, I was, would go to a lot of sporting events and go to the locker rooms and the Knicks lost to the Indiana Pacers and Reggie Miller scored like eight points and like it was a famous game where like he totally just took over the game and I happened to follow him in the locker room and he's screaming at the top of his lungs. He's saying, they don't want it. They don't want it, so we'll take it. And he was very hungry. He wanted to win. He had a drive. It doesn't mean you always succeed. And but like some people don't want it. So like 
So like some of those people who come in and do a podcast and they're just riffing and they're not prepared and they're not trying to provide any value and it's a vanity project and they're more concerned about looking cool or sounding cool rather than really making a change like Seth Godin would say, like making a change for somebody. Like if when you watch something good, you hear a song, it makes a change in you. You, you listen to it and you say, wow, I really like it. You have a certain feeling. It's not just throwing something out there. So, but those people don't make any change. You know, you don't go on a limb, you're not going to grab fruit and it's not. And so fine, they're looking for different things than we're looking for, but like the same but, way, but, but they know, though. but they know, they know that it's, um, they know that, um, you know, that they're not, but other people, like you said, they delude themselves. They don't think that they're, they think they're doing everything they can. They think they are. I have to say, Airbnb has changed my life. I just love staying in Airbnbs. Like in about a month, I'm going to Cocoa Beach, which is right next to Cape Canaveral. I'm going to watch some rocket launches. I'm going to, of course, be staying in a very nice Airbnb on the beach. And it's just such a great experience. Like the whole world is available to us now because of Airbnb. But whenever I'm at an Airbnb, I always realize, you know, I the home that I left to come to this Airbnb, I could be making money on that right now by hosting and and being an Airbnb myself. So, and I've known people, I had a friend who basically, you know, made a living from turning his home into an Airbnb. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you do have an Airbnb there. And it's an e- it can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The famous Abraham Lincoln quote says, good things come to those who wait. I wonder, did he really say that? Jay, did he really say that? Can you look that up? Regardless of who said it, that's only part of the quote. The full quote is, Good things come to those who wait, but only the things left by those who hustle. Well, if you're a business owner and want the best people on your team, the same applies. And listen, I've interviewed 1,500 people now and a lot of entrepreneurs. I can safely say the one thing consistent among all entrepreneurs and CEOs, the the successful ones, is that it's all about the people you surround yourself. You, If you hire well, you're going to have a great business. And, you know, thankfully, ZipRecruiter puts the hustle in your hiring. So you find qualified candidates fast. This is so important, and I, I want you to try it. You could try it as a potential employer or employee. You could try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter's smart technology finds top talent for your roles right away. Immediately after you post your job, if you're hiring, ZipRecruiter's matching technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I will tell you that I signed up on ZipRecruiter as a potential employee. You know, I just wanted to see how it works. And right away, it started matching me with really amazing potential employers. So give it a try at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Let ZipRecruiter give you the hiring hustle you need. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash James to try it for free. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. 
doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact, with semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch. It's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie, and fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. There was one podcast which we didn't release oh, on no. purpose. Yeah. Um, where the guy, you'll know who I'm referring to once I describe it. I'll, tell, where the, I'll where, tell everybody who. Yeah. Where the guy, um, I kept trying to bring up things in yes. his book, and it was a good book. I kept trying to bring up things in his book, and he said, no, no, just tell people to read the book. Yeah. Well, we don't have to talk about that now. And and I can't say he was the worst person in the world, but that's only because I haven't met everybody else in the world. And, and I, you know, he didn't get the idea that this podcast is not. We're not an an advertisement. We want to provide value to yeah. to people. That's that's what makes this podcast good. That's why people come on this podcast. And he didn't have a sense of of you provide value, and then that's how people become attracted to yeah. your products and brand or whatever it is you're trying to promote you you can't just promote it doesn't it doesn't work then you don't i think yeah what you're kind of saying is you get better by providing more and more value without asking for things in return and 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 that because you might not know like if if someone if someone goes to practice an hour early they don't know if that's going to make them better but it just becomes they're providing value for themselves, hopefully, which will provide value for you yeah. know, their team or 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 the audience or whatever. And you know, they, they again, they 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 have to go in there with the mission of providing value rather than oh, how am I just promoting but, myself? Yes. rather than building the skill. Yes, I think again, like for us, I just I really do focus on my actions, on my outcomes. I'm not saying I'm people a lot more successful, and I just try and be. It sounds corny or are just trying to be the best I can and, and just get better and better and be better than I was yesterday as do you. But I do think some people delude themselves so, and you look at them and you're like, you know what? You should have been, you should have followed up with us afterwards. You should have been appreciative that James read the book and like, and flattered rather than, you know, had to boost your ego. You, you know, again, we saw this when we had a prominent guest come and she came by herself and and that person said, oh, our publicists really love you and James and they want to meet you. And then I was like, why didn't they come here? And somebody whose name rhymes with memes said, well, they're busy. <laughs> and then somebody who's rhymed with Steve. I want to give Steve. the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> somebody whose name rhymes with Steve said, well, if she were Jennifer Lopez, there'd be 10 of them here. And that's, they're not doing their job. Like successful people do what unsuccessful people don't do. So, and okay, so they when- should make her feel important. And there's a lot that could be gained from doing it. If they did that, they would have met us. They could have pitched 10 other clients. They could have worked with that person and said, you know what, you're right. You should do this, this, and this. What do you want to do? They can make that pe- person feel better. Everything we do is based on how we feel. Why is somebody going to come on our show? Why is somebody wear Gucci versus pay less, you know, because they feel they feel a certain way from doing it. Like I can go, you know, why do you buy this shaving cream or whatever? You feel a certain way from doing it. And it's and so I want people to feel a certain way when they listen to us or listen to you. And that again brings us full circle. When I started with you, when I was in TV, certain people wanted to be famous in my opinion. They didn't you said, hey, 
I enjoy when people come up to me and they say, hey, I changed, it changed my life and I really appreciate it. It makes me feel good about that. It makes, then, you know, so, so you could judge people on, you know, what they settle for, right? Like, it's like I, I liked Megyn Kelly's, you know, book. I, didn't, I like just certainly the quote where she said, the only difference, the best advice she got was somebody said to her, the only difference between you and the person whose life you admire is that you settle for less and they settled for more. You know, and and so some of these people are happy just doing I, it. I don't know if they are because we see so many people yeah. who are bitter that someone is at. You know, there's a, every yeah. we're we're primates at heart, so yeah. every primate species has yeah. a, 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 a lit ranks themselves from the alpha to the omega, sure. and it's hard to break that hierarchy. And and humans don't have that as much because we, there's so many hierarchies. But like in a job, for instance, you start off as uh, I don't know. Uh, an analyst, then a senior analyst, then sure. a project manager, then a director, then a VP, then a senior VP, then executive VP. So there's like a hierarchy that is in every organization, institution, and even like um, a sports. You're in a hierarchy. Sure. Like here's how you scored. And here's how everybody scored this year. Um, in, yeah. in comedy, uh, here's yeah. how many years you've been doing, or here's what what TV credits you have. In movies, you know, here's how much money you were an entrepreneur. Here, here was how much money you made. Here's a question I have though. So, so two things. One is, I think again, so what holds some people back is they get a little delusional. I, I think bitterness is kind of an an ancillary outcome from being delusional. You think I should already be sure. You know, some some of the hierarchy is arbitrary, so you kind of have to kind of work on those details to make it not arbitrary. But I think some people yeah. think that. They should be at the alpha when they're somewhere in the middle because they haven't taken care of all the details, but they see aspects of themselves that they say, well, I'm better than sure. so-and-so. I should be here. And then that stops them because they stop working on the details. Listen, I'm the first person to say like, I was the same person. I mean, a lot, I was, I've been in environments where I'm really thriving and I'm the same person and you want to be at a place worthy of your talents. And I think one thing you're great about is you empower the people around you. You're, you know, but like, so I feel fortunate, you know? And so like, I always say like, I try and bloom where I'm planted. I tried to make the most of those earlier opportunities and and wherever you are. And I have friends who aren't so fortunate. And I have friends, you know, Stephen Covey likes to say like, you should, um, or well, he's dead, but rest in peace. Uh, seven habits of highly effective people, creators. Stephen I don't know Covey. he was dead. Was, yeah, I'm pretty sure, well, if you're, uh-oh. I'm gonna go. Um, on, I'm gonna go on the World fine, Wide Web. Fine, triple fine. W. Okay, while you're doing that, but he likes to say like, you know, people should consider like their their decisions, not their circumstances. You know, where you are is because you're and and I like to say, you know, like hey, you know, make the best of whatever situation you're in. But like certain times, you're not in a great situation. It's very crowded. It's hard. So I, getting back to your NBA analogy, yeah, I'm sure some people look at it and they're like, you know what, that coach you know, he's not playing me and he likes this person, that person's his nephew, or you see it in comedy, the booker's not putting it in me, you see it in, you know, any situation. And yes, there's some arbitrary, there's some arbitrary situations. It's but I think, of- I think you can, I think just like with investing, you, you handle, you, you, you take away the risk of the arbitrary by diversifying. And isn't that what you're doing when you say, oh, what if I, you know, like you, um, you know, like maybe if you just keep doing comedy, you'll be Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, and Jerry Seinfeld all rolled into one. But maybe, you know, like maybe, but we've talked about the Scott Adams skill stack. Maybe it's your whole situation has made you 
you know. Well, it's a balance. You can't, yeah. you, you, you just have to be, all of this is really about awareness. So are you being delusional about where you are and that's leading to bitterness? Or are you vacillating too much on what you should be doing? Or are you too careless about the details at the end, but you think it doesn't matter? Like for instance, take a look at Tim Ferriss's podcast. Okay, at the, he sends out an email where he breaks down by minute by minute, like all the show notes. Right. He has advertisers on that page. He does like a one or two little extra things. Yeah. I'm not saying they're good or bad or we should do yeah. them, but maybe those are details we should do. I'm not saying we should, no, no, I, uh, but but I see different podcasters do different things and they, they, they uh, but we're busy doing lots of things. So sometimes maybe I don't take it over the finish line on the details. And myself included, yeah. I mean, I, I think, and I think that's a way of looking at things. Like you could, you know, getting well, we, back, to- which is different than than being delusional. Like, I'm, you have to be aware when you're when you're not taking care of details. You have to be yeah. aware, like just now when you brought up, like yeah. I'm doing all these things. I'm aware that I'm vacillating and trying to decide which things to focus on more, and that is a a problem for me. Uh, I'm aware when, yeah, uh, or try to be aware when. I'm too lazy or when I have too much doubts in my on myself, so it's getting in the way of of trying to improve something. Uh uh you know but getting back to I'll take two things. Like like with Tim Ferriss, like where he talked in, in the four hour work week, essentially the way I interpret a lot of it is is that we the 40 hour work week, we do a, we spend a lot of time doing quote unquote busy work to avoid doing what maybe you could do sooner. So I I do that too. I remember you used to watch the honeymooners and he would always play Swanee River before he did something. And that's like we do that too. We don't get to we don't, you know, make put what's most important first sometimes and we we need to. But and so we could we could be self-critical and say that. And I know for me, like there's yeah, of course there's a lot of things that I'm not doing that perhaps I could and you and you have to become ruthless with your time to a certain degree cut out certain things and then and no and I think as we get hopefully you know we can get better but it's a decision we have to make getting back to Carol Dweck and we always have a choice between fixed decisions and growth decisions like we have a decision every day right like we could be with like somebody who we're comfortable with or try something new. We, you know, every day, any decision you could, right? Can't you? Yeah, but like, like think about the example with people going out to dinner and talking about their ideas instead of doing them. So let's say you just do that. Let's say all you did was go out to that dinner once a week. And you could say, sure, I want to be with these friends one, once a week. Yeah. That's fine. But then you have to be aware it's probably taking six hours roughly yeah. from the, maybe even more, but let's just say six hours from the time you leave your house to the time you, you sure. get back and recover. Um, so six hours once a week, that's uh, 310 hours a year. So in 310 hours, let's say if all you could, let's say you're a writer and you write, you could write a hundred words uh, an hour, which is a very yeah. small amount. It's one paragraph. So let's say you could write one paragraph an hour. If you do that for, for 300 hours, that's, you know, you, sure. you just missed out on writing a book. So, right. but life, your happiness and life is based on your relationships with people. But, right. I but just, that's, but that's where you have to decide. Like, yeah. do you let the inertia of, of, you, you know, do, spending these extra hours, like maybe you could see your friends in other sure. ways, or maybe sure. it's not every week, it's every three weeks. Um, or are you vacillating between this is what you really want to do as opposed to, uh, writing a book. Or if you have doubts in yourself and the way you kind of are overcoming these doubts is by not doing it at all, but just talking about it. I think this is where a degree sure. of being aware of these things and having a degree of self-awareness about it. But then, and also the delusions too, like, oh, this guy's not a good writer. I could write better than him. But then you have to say, if you don't 
right if you're just talking about it. Again, delusions think, lead yeah, to and bitterness. Those are, and, but those are the people I don't want to be around. Like when I think when, you know, I think whenever you have an aggregation of people, you see it with comedians sitting there, or you, I saw it in TV producers, and there's a jealousy. And you and if you feed it, it will grow. And I don't want to be around. Not only do I not want to be around people who make you fearful or 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 sad, I don't want to be around people who, you know, are judging other people or you know, I don't or just. Yeah, I just think Or you like, can also be delusional about your own abilities. So if yeah. someone is obsessed with being in the a professional yeah. basketball player, but they're yeah. you know sure. me, <laughs> it's just not going to but no, I I could do it. I know. But I you could be better than you were. Like, you know, you know, no, you know what I mean? Right, and so that's the, why and that's why we always try and tell ourselves, like, just focus on our actions, not our outcomes. Like, let's just do our best and and really do our best and focus our attention on that. But like I don't want I when I was in TV, I would be around people. And they would look at this person. Oh, she slept right at the top. She looks like a man. Or this person's a moron. Or and again, small people talk about other people. Big people talk about ideas. Nobody else's success comes at your expense. We all do it, and I do it. You know, and I think we have to force ourselves to like to like it's a muscle, and to say, you know what? That's energy that's not that's not constructive, and we have to, you know. We have to push ourselves to be a better version of ourselves, and and so you know. Well, so here's another question though. At some point, when should you quit? So, like all these people who are like yeah. in the middle of the chain between alpha and omega, yeah. maybe they're even professional level, but they're just not going to be the best in the world. But they're yeah. bitter, they're unhappy, or and maybe they're even yeah. getting worse because they're not spending they're spending energy complaining instead of getting better. When should someone okay quit? And I and and I'll, I'll just tell you. For my examples, yeah. like I, this, I have many examples of when I've quit things, but sometimes I quit when things are plateauing, and I always like to feel like I'm improving, yeah. so it feels unpleasant to just plateau. So when I was doing the podcast question of the day with Stephen Dubner, it was a fine podcast. We were getting great downloads, we were making money, but we kind of felt just the quality of the podcast and the number of downloads were plateauing, so we quit. And sometimes you fall backwards, and so. If you're just, you know, if you're get if you're if you're just getting worse at something, and you can't sure. figure out how to get better, and you're trying everything, and you're you're aware of all these issues, sometimes then you should quit. Like if you if you're let's say, let's say, um, uh, you know, you're you're you were selling, uh, uh, black and white TVs, and you refuse to get into the color TV business, and you see all these color TV businesses, yeah, uh, selling better than you, and you're you're slipping, and you're 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 not selling any TVs. At some point, you have to t say, yes. "Okay, I'm not doing yes. the right thing." Yes, and it's you have to um, be willing to quit your dream. Well, <laughs> Maybe liked, someone's dream is to sell well, all liked, the black and white TVs. Well, I liked what Charlemagne said, where you know he, you know, talked about how oh, everybody's like follow your dreams, and he had a chapter saying like, "Screw your dreams!" Like you know, okay, like you want to be a rapper, but you're terrible. You have you can't rhyme, you can't write, you have no flow. Like Jay. <laughs> wouldn't be a good rapper but i think that um not to pick on jay yes to pick on jay but um like jay shouldn't be a rapper i mean but like so jay should do something else jay should be an engineer he's great engineer great at a lot of things but um but no i i think and i think that's healthy too right like i think like you could if you're holding on to something so tightly you don't realize everything else you can you know grab and do but yeah, I mean, I also think it's how you frame it. You know, I quit this so I could do something better. And but I, I again, like it's not for everybody. You know what I mean? Not everybody wants to 
Right. Like they, but I, I, when I was in, in, again, and I myself was definitely a practitioner of this and I wasn't my best self and I, and I could see that. And it's like that line. Like if you live in a ditch long enough, you'll start to decorate it. Like you'll start feeling this certain way and you'll start feeling a sense of helplessness. You'll feel like, well, I worked so hard at this and it didn't make a difference. And you know, or these right, people so don't recognize it. Or they're, and I, I have friends who were in that environment and I'll try and, you know, I guess sort of like the plus equal minus at Frank Shamrock and Ryan Holiday and you talk about where you you learn from people who are better than you in certain things and you try and, you know, help other people. And and they'll look at, well, Steve, they're never going to, you know, they're never going to promote me. And I'm like, you're right. You're damn skippy. They're not going to. Like, look, try and look at yourself the way they look at you over there. But you have a lot of choices. I'm sitting across in person who wrote, choose yourself. We have a multitude of choices, how we can react to that. And you would have 500 ideas about what that person can do if you feel trapped and figure out a different way to kind of, with that situation. I'm not saying it's easy. You know, it's simple, but it's and, not easy. And but, I think I think part of I think part of choice too is, like you just described someone who wanted to yeah. get promoted, didn't get promoted because they, again, they were placing a lot of value on, External validation. Uh, on the, on, no, on a hierarchy. Oh, so yeah. promoting means you're moving up in a hierarchy. And so a lot of times you have to be, you know, again, let's say you're a musician. You can't be, you might not be able to be more successful than the Beatles, but you could be the most, or, or yeah. you know, they have a very unique sound. Or, or Pink Floyd is a very unique sound. The, the Beach Boys, we just interviewed Mike Love. They have a very unique sound. There's no other band that sounds like them. You could be the best unique sound for your voice. As you say, you know, yeah. go to the place yeah. least crowded, yeah. and that's where you find success, where there's no yeah. hierarchy, so you could kind of be the, the top we, of the hierarchy. But I want to be helpful to people, and I want to just, like, convey a sense of, like, this is how we talk. Like, mm -hmm. and I, you know, and I, I think the same way, like, you eschew the idea, I can't believe I just used the word eschew, eschew. <laughs> but like... Uh, <laughs> E-S-C-H-E-W. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think you avoid saying, oh, it's not self-help. I'm just telling you my story about, in your case, how you managed to lose millions of dollars <laughs> twice. Four times. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, sorry to underestimate you. No, but like, but, <laughs> but that specific example, and I've heard people talk about, they don't need a, like a how-to business book. They want to do a, read a biography about somebody and say, this is how that person handled it. And I just, I mentioned that example of like a publicist who wouldn't even come to the with that client over there? And it's wrong on like ten different levels. And you know, and it's wrong. It doesn't make that person feel apparent, you know, important. They're not going the extra mile. They can go back to the office another time and do it. They're not trying to help their other clients. They just think small. And people, those people are prisoners of the moment. They're not prisoners of a bigger dream. They're not trying to do something different, you know. And I think. I've watched you and you've been pretty generous to people around here. And it doesn't mean you have to be obsequious to you. It doesn't mean that you have to be a certain way, but like you've, we've had people on our podcast and you see them, Hey, long time, no see. And they're like, when are you going to have me back on the podcast? And I want to say, and most of the time I do, I'd say moron, why don't you invite him on your podcast, which in comparison to ours is too tired from cups and a piece. Well, I don't want to compare. <laughs> but in a comparison to ours, it's not as popular. But like, what's the worst thing James is going to say? No, screw you. Only come on mine. Like, it's like give something. Like try and be valuable. Happiness begins where selfishness ends. Like don't always just think about yourself and be transactional. And I'm like, that's why you're not 
more successful. I'll be honest with you that you're selfish, you're short-sighted, that you're not thinking about a win-win and you're not thinking big enough. You're not thinking about, okay, let's make the pie bigger. You're thinking that it's a zero-sum game and it's not. And I see a lot of people like that and I see them with us. And it's like, if I want to meet with somebody, like I will sit there and say, hey, I hope this can work out for both of us. And I really do. I'm not trying to spin somebody like a dreidel. I'm trying to just be like, hey, I think this could work for you guys. And hopefully it works, you know, for both of us. It will help you to come on our podcast. You'll have a great conversation. Getting back to how it makes you feel, you'll feel good. You'll feel like you learned something. You'll feel like, you know, you've reached some listeners. You feel like you had somebody who invested in you. So please invest in us. And so those people aren't like that. And too bad, so sad, you know? Yeah, no, I think, I think uh, you know, we talked about a lot of different ways someone can invest in themselves, but I think that's a really important point. If you invest in others, and that's like yeah. a, a pl planting a seed. Of course, not every seed blooms, but if you do it enough times, you're going to have many opportunities in the future based on yeah. these people you invest in. And you don't do that transactionally. You don't do that in the hopes that they return the favor. You do that because you, you want to yeah. be generous and you want to help them. But ultimately, if you help good people, it's going to come around. I think for around. me, a lot of it is, again, it's about like how it makes you feel. And it's the same thing with any situation. And you have to make, it's kind of like James Fowles Atlantic Magazine used to say, like, make what's important interesting. So we should make the right thing to be the stuff that feels good to do it. So Tony Robbins talked about it. He said, if you see a hamburger there, you have to train your mind to think, like, it doesn't feel good to eat that hamburger. It feels good that you have the discipline to avoid that hamburger. It feels good, like, you know, like Eleanor Roosevelt said, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. Like it feels good to feel like, wow, I have this bright, beautiful future. Me being like you, thin in the waist, pretty in the face, and you have all this stuff there. But you have a future of like, so those people, it's their misfortune and their short sightedness that they don't feel good by helping other people. They think it's, you know, and that's. And by the way, none of this stuff is hard. Like, yeah. it does, like there's all this advice. Like if you want to be, if you want to move from, the middle of the hierarchy to the alpha, you have to like, you know, work a hundred hours a week. You have to de yeah. destroy yourself doing so. A lot of this is just about being aware of when you're being careless, which sometimes details just take seconds yeah. to, to uh, correct. Uh, a lot of it is about being self-aware enough to be not be delusional, either delusional in the sense that um, thinking you're, you, you could be positive delusional in the sense that you could think, oh, I'm the best. And uh, right. and so you get overly optimistic about your chances, or you could be negative delusional in that you get bitter. Oh, why is that? Why are they getting more money than me? I'm yeah. better than them. You know, uh, it, it doesn't take any time to get better at your delusions. You just have to stop having being. You just have to start being aware of them. A lot of it is about time management, which actually saves time instead of spends time. So yeah. don't go out to that. Don't go. Don't regularly do something that's going to cost you hundreds of hours a year when you add it up, uh, take care of yourself because sickness takes you out of the game uh, for weeks at a time. So there's lots of little easy things or or even investing in someone else, like sending someone a thank you note or a publicist coming here would have taken an hour, let's say in that case that, that you mentioned. So it's all these things are very small, but 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 they add up not in terms of time, but in terms of increasing your chances of success. And be, But you have to be aware of these different yeah. problems on the way to the that climbing up that ladder and i think if you're fortunate you have people around you who really 
are dream makers, not dream takers. They're people around you. Like, I think it's important. I think it is important. I have a friend who has a company and she has people around her. And if she makes a mistake, that person's like, well, look at you. You're not good at this. Or that, well, how did that person get good at this? Like, how do you help that person? And you have to want, and I really try and think about that in every single reaction I'm in. I told it to you two years ago when we started. Didn't I say, the opposite of love is use. I want you to be really successful. If I'm not, if you don't love that person, you're using them. You're using that person. And I don't want to be in those situations. You want to be where your values align. You want to be with people. And you want that person to do really, really well. When I found that I've been in suboptimal conditions, I felt that that person didn't want me to have that bright future but, that they want for themselves. But I would say and that- And that's not great. That's not, that's not ideal. I would say that's ancillary also yeah. though to like, uh, you know, the inertia of always being around people who aren't thinking yeah. of the best for you or, yeah. uh, you know, when you succumb to bitterness, you're going to start hanging around with other bitter people. Yeah. So again, it's all the, the, I think there's like higher level things that are easy to correct with just being aware of the word and does it, and thinking about it, if it applies yeah. to you and that solves, it seems to me when I interview a lot of people, that solves 90% of yeah. the problems they might have if they want to take that next step on the ladder, being aware of, again, they're, they're, well, where are they delusional? Where, you know, I see many entrepreneurs who smoke crack about their businesses. They hate yeah. they hate every other business, but they think their business is yeah. is the best when they're not really looking at it. Or they're lazy. And what do you do when not, you see them? You see you go and you tell them, or you're just like this. Guy you can't is tell out them. To lunch. You can't tell okay. them because they're not aware that that's a, a problem. It's like it's like almost like a cognitive bias. Like they they're not aware that and they but they feel I'm sure they feel like hey I need to feel this way I need to believe this same way that people because feel you say, like you wear a turtleneck or Steve Jobs. You, yeah, you could yeah. say you could say look, there's no there's no market for what you're doing, and they'll say they have always a response. They'll, well, we'll create a market, and so or the market you know right. doesn't know it's there yet. We'll educate right. them. So there's no there's no real way to. Self-awareness is really the important thing. There's a lot of people who are, again, just plagued by, uh, like what you're talking about, hanging out people who aren't yeah. thinking of the best for you. That's either out of your own inertia in terms of you don't feel like moving into a different situation or your own delusions that maybe yeah. if you, you could change them when you can't. That's why I can't tell an entrepreneur your yeah. idea is bad. You can't really change people who are delusional. They have to change it. You, if you're around sick people all the time, Either you're going to get sick or yeah. you, A, you're going to get sick and B, they're not going to succeed because they're sick all the time and then they're going to get bitter and have doubts and be careless and yeah. vacillate between different things. And all these things are sort of macro. They're high level. Yeah. There's specific strategies for being successful, but this is like higher level where you can yeah. if you eliminate these problems, then you could start talking about techniques like, okay, I'm going to be around people who are good for me. Yeah. Um, but those are just ancillary to these kind of higher level things to be aware uh, but I'll, of. But I'll, you know, getting back to Kobe Bryant and sports, Malcolm Gladwell did a very good podcast about revisionist history about the basketball player Rick Barry who shot free throws underhanded. And even like the Columbia women's team didn't want to do it because it was granny style. So he was like one of the only two people. And it was, he had like a quote about Rick Barry who was just an unlikable person. And Rick Barry couldn't care less. Like he didn't care if the whole league hated him. And so you have to, the nail that sticks out gets hammered. Like you have to, like if you're in TV and you want to be the best producer around, some people are going to hate you. They want you to hang around them in the cafeteria. They want you to gossip about other people. And so you have to be willing. And and so nobody really wanted to, nobody, like Rick Barry couldn't care less if everybody thought he looked like 
a granny shooting underhanded. He he didn't care if everybody hated his guts. He was a certain type of personality, and he just didn't have that, you know, gene where he cared. So I say I have to I have to work on that. I have to work on that one. And so you know you're gonna get it. Like you know you're gonna get it in any situation. And there's a degree of like anti fragility where you just have to be like, okay, I'm gonna get it anyway. I kind of liked in the debate, you know, the other day where Pete Buttigieg said, uh, you know. Okay, like here's what's gonna happen in this debate. If we do this, this, and this, they're gonna say we're socialists. And if, you know, and if we do if we do this, this, and this, guess what? They're gonna say we're socialists too. So we have to do what we think is right, you know? And so I think if those comedians who are happy being at a certain level, maybe they are. You know, maybe they're like the Daryl Dawkins who had a great family life and loved life. And we all have to decide what's our level of success is, how we define it. You know. But but even then, I think always just being aware of these, whether you're happy at that level or not, being aware of what the opportunities are, being yeah. aware of when you're delusional, being aware of when you're careless, being aware of when you're not treating yourself well, so you're getting sick more. Uh, yeah. Just being aware of all these kind of potential obstacles, whether you want to move forward or not, I think awareness is is of these things are, yeah, are key. But anyway, Steve Cohen... Once again, thank, thank you, you for James. for co-hosting today's podcast. Thank and, you for having uh, me. Real thrill. We should we should do these every week. Why we I would stopped? Love to. Yeah, you booked too many people for me, <laughs> and we had to stop doing them. Let's, again, I would say, um, don't point the finger, point the thumb. It's you. <laughs> it's true. I have I. You always say I. I'll here's a, here's the typical. Your conversation. eyes are bigger than your stomach. Here, here's the typical conversation. I'll say, Steve, do not book anybody <laughs> yes. next week. And then you'll say, well, how about if we get uh, yeah. Chris Rocca? Yeah, exactly. And I'll be like, okay. Well, you have to ask. Like you do, No, but you have to, like, that's why we're successful. We have to just keep, you know, keep doing the things like Stephen Covey, who, is he alive or not? No, he died in 2012. See, thank you. <laughs> um, he lived a wonderful life and helped a lot of people, uh, Stephen Covey. Uh, and, but I would say, though, that, yeah, we're, yeah, I just think, like, we just, you have to sharpen the saw, Stephen Covey would say. Yeah, I got to do that. Yep. You're 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 fine, but I have yeah, to do it. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. You're terrible. All right, thanks Steve. You're welcome. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.